This is an AMI podcast. Dive into The Walrus, Canada's top general interest magazine. Enjoy a carefully curated selection of engaging articles, essays, and more voiced by professional narrators. Listen to Voices of the Walrus today on your favorite podcasting app or platform. I'm Juita Gupta, and this is The Pulse. We've all heard the adage, a picture's worth a thousand words. Images and visual cues help make sense of the world around us and are pivotal to our understanding of current affairs. The primacy of visual imagery is so taken for granted that most of us don't even think about it. Unsurprisingly, people who are blind or partially sighted remain ever curious about all things visual. Images make and shape news and current affairs. Details, context, visual nuances structure our understanding of the here and now. So if seeing is believing, it stands to reason that audio description is both an art and a science. Today, we discuss the role of images in current affairs. It's time to put your finger on the pulse. Welcome to The Pulse on AMI-audio. My name is Joitha Gupta, and I'm the host of the program. It is really great to be with you today. And of course, I hope that you and yours are staying safe and keeping well during the pandemic. Just a quick reminder that if you'd like to keep up with the latest AMI-audio coverage related to COVID-19, you can visit ami.ca forward slash COVID-19. And we collect all of our relevant segments from the daily live shows now with Dave Brown, Kelly and Company, and of course, any coverage that we have have right here on The Pulse. Today we're talking about the role of images and the defining images that shape the news cycle and that shape current affairs and that shape the perception of the world around us. Joining me today are two incredible guests. Christine Malik is an ever-curious blind writer and content creator. JJ Hunt is a professional describer, and they are the dynamic duo behind the podcast Talk Description to Me. Christine and JJ, welcome to the program. I'm so excited to have you. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, thank you. It's great to be here. Christine, tell me a little bit about the origins of the podcast Talk Description to Me. Whose idea was it? I would have to say it's mostly JJ's idea and it kind of came out of a few things. So JJ and I have been uh, acquaintances, friends for a couple of years and we would talk about things and he would describe things. And during the pandemic, I asked him if he would be willing to participate in uh, some programs that I run with the CNIB. And I, what I wanted was some visuals of the pandemic. Mm. Excuse me, I have to cough. <coughs> so sorry. So what happened was that JJ came to one of our virtual programs, and he described some of the visuals of the pandemic, including things like mask wearing and what what cityscapes looked like, 
um, with no one in them and what it looks like when people social distance and some of those striking visuals that were available sort of early in the pandemic. And I think it got both of us to thinking about how quickly the world is changing and that there's definitely a gap in audio description and in accessible journalism. So there's a whole swath of very important stuff that blind and low vision people aren't getting access to, that being the the, the visuals that come with news coverage. And so uh, I think it was JJ came to me and said, so, you know, here's this gap and here's what we've done so far. What do you think of formalizing this into into a podcast? And I thought it was a brilliant idea. And, and then we were off. Mm -hmm. JJ, let me put a tough question to you, because as a describer, how do you balance the things that you as a sighted person feel you need to describe versus the things that a blind person may want to have described? How do you strike a balance? Yeah, that's a good question. So, you know, obviously, I always start from what I think is going to work. And sometimes I get it right and sometimes I get it wrong. I mean, I've been describing for a long time, um, describing, you know, movies and television and art, but also describing uh, live events and such. So I do have some idea. <laughs> you know, I've been doing it a while and I've been trying to listen for a while. But honestly, I, I, I get myself into the most trouble when I think that I really know everything. And it is the case that while some of my ideas are good and some of my ideas do work, as often as not, what I really need to do is sit back and listen because uh, people will tell me, description users will tell me, no, 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 it's not that aspect of what you're describing that we're interested in. It's this aspect of it. So can you shift the conversation a little bit? And whenever possible, I try to. And I think that's why it really works well with Christine and I, because, you know, I'll be describing, I'll, I'll have some notes written down on a topic we know we're going we're gonna to be discussing. I'll do my basic description. And then she starts asking me questions. And I'm like, oh, man, I have no notes on that. Hold on a second. I very quickly have to go and look up an image or or kind of, you know, hunt through my, my, my understanding of a, of a situation to see if I can conjure a visual image for myself and then describe that. Because Chris's questions always take us in a new direction. And it's, it's almost always more interesting than whatever I had in mind. Mm. Christine, I like to say that there's so much news and so little time and a lot of visual images to go, go through. Who makes those editorial decisions about what you put into a particular episode and what you might end up leaving out? I think it's something we sort of brainstorm. And so some of our content definitely comes from listeners. So as we have grown our listenership, we're getting more and more feedback from listeners. And so some things come directly from what people say they're interested in hearing about. Um, sometimes, yeah, we brainstorm. And so um, just things that we think are relevant or things that have particularly striking visuals with them. Um, and then sometimes it's a breaking news event, like the Beirut explosion. We mm -hmm. sort of just spoke the night that happened and said, hey, can we cover this? And so we did. So the next day we were able to record. And within, I think, another day after that, we had released an episode. So it's kind of a combination of, of what listener, what listeners come with, what we think is describable. And that's not always the same as what's important. It's, mm -hmm. it's more what is describable and what is 
a gap that may exist if we don't describe it. Uh, and then, yeah, other things can come just as, as events unfold. And what we don't include is, is harder because we try to keep episodes down to half hour maximum. And I'm often hard pressed because I personally feel everything JJ says is worthwhile and I want to keep everything. And so it's a uh, editing is, is a challenge in that respect. And we, we have a running joke now, like we'll, we'll have two ideas for per episode and he'll say, Oh, that'll only take five minutes. And then I just laugh because it never takes five minutes. <laughs> he'll, he'll have a description that's overflowing with stuff, which is, you know, maybe takes 10 to 15. And then I've got five to 10 minutes worth of questions. So every time JJ says, Oh, that'll only take five minutes. I go, mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm speaking to Christine Malik and JJ Hunt, the creators of the podcast Talk, uh, Talk Description with me, uh, to me. Uh, Christine, one of the things that you said off the top of your very first episode was uh, this idea that as visually impaired people, we need to make informed choices about the media. And do you feel that your podcast is addressing a gap in the ways in which we inform ourselves as people who are visually impaired, blind, or partially sighted, because we're missing out on a context when we don't see the picture? Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. That's a very uh, deep and sort of profound issue that I've thought a lot about. And the the context that that remark came from was um, our very first episode, we, we dove right into the hard stuff. And JJ described the George Floyd video. And what I was thinking when he was doing that very difficult task was that as a blind person, I knew the video existed. And my choice not to watch it was at least partly informed by the fact that I'm not going to follow it. I'll hear some horrible things, but I won't, I'll be missing most of it, which is the visuals. And so once JJ had described it, once it had been described, my choice of whether to know that and the choice that other blind and low vision people have as to whether to know that material, the choice is different. Um, the choice is a more informed choice. And it's a more difficult choice, frankly, because it's very difficult to listen to that description. And mm -hmm. so when I didn't have that option, I could sadly and grievingly sort of swipe past that story as something that I could avoid. Um, now, if I choose to avoid it, it's a different kind of choice. And so that is part of the gap that we feel our podcast is filling is it's changing the choices that the blind and low vision community can can make around what we consume in, in the media and particularly around current events. JJ, when when I was listening to you describe the picture of George Floyd, I heard the emotion in your voice. It was hard on you. But one of the yeah. things that you said, one of the things that you said in follow up to that is that you often have the option to look away if you're a sighted person. If you come across, yeah. you know, a, a horror movie, you kind of you have the option to turn away from that image. But as a blind person who is uh, listening to description, you don't have necessarily the option to turn away or to turn it off. So what mm. do you feel your responsibility as a describer is in that situation? Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's a it's a very tricky moment. And when you describe something, it's 
there's something there about stating what is happening. It is it's front and center. It's you can't you can't half hear it. You know, like you, you talked about the horror movie. You can kind of you know you can you can peek through your fingertips and kind of get a sense of what's happening without really watching. But when someone is just front and center describing an event or an image you hear the whole thing and it's there's something bare and naked about it and it's uh it's a challenge to get through both as a describer and as you say as a listener too um there's a there's a, a raw quality to it and uh it 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 is a bit of a responsibility and you know you you have to be you have to be understanding in your description. You have to be measured in your description. And by the way, it does, it does go both ways. It's worth noting that there's a positive side to that as well. I describe mm. the Pride Parade every year, and it's one of my favorite gigs. It's just a wonderful, a wonderful time. And one of the reasons I love it so much is because as a describer of people marching down this parade route, uh, there are a lot of people who are holding signs, placards that say, I love my gay son, or I've got my rights too, or whatever it is. And one of my key roles is to read all of those signs. And it's like, it's like daily affirmations to just read all of these <laughs> very, you know, personal and sometimes poetic and sometimes angry and sometimes loving things and to read them one after the other after the other. It's kind of the flip side of that rawness, right? Like this is just raw emotion. And when you state these things, it's powerful. And it's powerful in a way that um, sometimes goes beyond just the visual. It can be more powerful to hear a visual described than to just glance at that visual for sure. Christine, one of the things that you said you and JJ had struggled with was this idea of neutrality and objectivity in the podcast. Um, I know it's a standard that a lot of journalists adhere to, that they want to be objective. When is it good to be objective? And when do you decide to dispense with objectivity in favor of other considerations? I kind of think objectivity is almost never achieved because right from the beginning, we choose what to cover. And that already says something about us um, and, and what we choose to cover. So I feel that objectivity and neutrality are not appropriate and not even in the conversation when you're talking about something like a George Floyd video or the Beirut explosion. Those are horrible mm -hmm. things. And to pretend otherwise would make us robots. And that's obviously not, uh, not what we want and not what we are. Um, objectivity is important when you're talking about, about politics or <laughs> issues that have a lot of controversy built mm -hmm. in. And so interestingly, if I had to um, categorize the positive feedback that we've had, the majority of the compliments we've received are on our neutrality. And so I feel good about that because mm -hmm. it's something that it's impossible, but it's a, it's a goal that we, we keep working on. And um, in some parts of the world, mm, 
journalistic neutrality is is less uh, less evident, and so we have apparently been been reasonably successful. But uh, there are cases where I don't even try to be neutral um, and neutrality. Mm-hmm. So, for example, we we recently um, released an episode talking about the visuals of September 11th, 2001. And there's mm-hmm. just neutrality is not in the conversation. There's no neutrality is irrelevant when you're talking about human suffering. And yet, uh, JJ, just to sort of quarrel with that a little bit, um, someone might be wondering, what about, you know, the role of someone who's describing a picture or a visual? Where does why does the question of neutrality even come up? Isn't it just straightforward to tell, you know, to tell the audience what you see in a picture or what you see in an image? So how do you think about objectivity and neutrality in your work? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really tricky one because I have been working as a describer for years now. And again, there's this idea that we should be aiming for for neutral, Right. Um, and what that means in audio description, especially with films or describing uh, an image for or a sculpture for a gallery, is you don't you want to leave the interpretation of the moment or the image to the listener, to the description mm-hmm. user. So I'm not I'm going to do my best as a describer not to say they look angry. I'm instead going to try and describe the things that led me to that conclusion. So I'm going to describe the knit brow. I'm going to describe the hand, you know, clenched fists, slamming the table, things like that, so that the listener, the user, can be the one to make those decisions. They can decide if that person was angry or frustrated, or they can put their own judgment on that. So I, I, I suppose I'm, I do my best to still bring that mentality to our conversations. But when you're trying to describe events as they're unfolding, I mean, both for, you know, for description reasons and for, frankly, good audio reasons, you don't want to be neutral. If Chris and I were truly just like stating visual facts and mm. reciting what we can see, there's not much of a conversation. That's not much interest. And frankly, I think it's ignoring the fact that, like Chris said, we are humans and we mm-hmm. do have some take on these things. And I think we're both much more comfortable just acknowledging that we do have a basic point of view. We do have an understanding of the world around us. But we're going to do our best to kind of keep that in our back pocket and still describe these things in such a way that that puts the listener in a position where they can still make decisions, right? So we are going to describe, you know, the Twin Towers coming down in such a way that is emotional and connected to that event, but without a lot of heated language that is inflammatory in one direction or another. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. So, you know, I, uh, Christine, I was listening to that episode about George Floyd, and I got my biggest shock towards the end of the episode uh, when you were discussing the length of Justin Trudeau's hair. (laughs) And there was JJ talking about, you know, tufts of dark hair. And I was shocked, speechless. I turned to my husband and I said, I thought Justin Trudeau was a blonde. 
Oh. So do you ever have moments like that where you've sort of filled in the visual information? Uh, you know, I, I just made this assumption because I have I've never actually, quote unquote, seen a picture of, of our prime minister. I just made an assumption that he was blonde. Do you ever have moments like that where you're just shocked that what you thought was happening isn't actually happening? Oh, yeah. Yeah, all the time. Um, what comes to mind was the the discussion we had about sports team mascots. And so some of the sports teams had logos and mascots that I was like, whoa, really? Like the Blackhawks? I thought it was a bird. Like I just assumed it was some nice swooping bird, but no, it was a representation of an indigenous person. And so moments like that, particularly around the most commonplace things like branding or logos, that's where that's where I often get caught is is those uh, assumptions or things that I didn't even didn't even know uh, existed. So that that's part of what makes the dynamics of the podcast fun is that sometimes JJ will describe something and there will be a few built-in assumptions around that. And so another example comes to mind as we talked about fire tornadoes, which was horrifying. Mm -hmm. And at, at one point I said, I need to take a step back because I grew up visually impaired. So I don't even know what a regular tornado looks like. And I didn't realize it until he was describing the, the terror, terrifying fire tornadoes. So we often our conversations go this way that we end up taking a step back to discuss something uh, yeah. a bit more basic to help me and other blind and low vision listeners to contextualize something that I didn't understand before. Mm -hmm. And how conscientious is that on your part, JG, to try and provide some context to uh, the images that you're describing? Because often it is that context that's missing for a lot of people who uh, are blind or partially sighted. Yeah, that's a huge part of this podcast. And one of the reasons I, uh, you know, I, I wanted to, to do something like this, because in a lot of my work describing images and television, there is no context. You get in, you get out. You, you get in, you do your description, and you get out as quickly and, you know, verbally efficiently as possible. But that isn't the whole story. And there are often... You know, oh, it drives me crazy sometimes if I'm, say, I'm describing a movie and there's a visual reference in that movie to another movie, right? So like, oh, mm. that shot was exactly the same angle that was done in an earlier horror. And I wish there was a way to tell the audience. And sometimes if you have a little bit of extra time and, you know, you're really on your game as a describer, you can slip in a little bit of something that gives a hint so that the listener, if they're a cinephile as well, and they really know their movies, maybe there's something about the, 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 the writing that I've provided that's going to give them that clue. But honestly, those, those moments are rare. So to have an opportunity like this, where we are describing, um, uh, you know, images and uh, and real life situations to be able to say, by the way, that that gesture references this, this, and this, and then and then Chris sometimes will come to me and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, does that mean? And then suddenly we're on a whole other conversation because of that context. The context is a huge part of this show. Both I think both why we wanted to do it and why it's been successful. Christine, just in the few minutes that we have left, can you tell us a little bit about how uh, people in the audience might be able to catch the podcast? Uh, where can you be found? Where can you be heard? 
Yeah, so it's available on all major podcast platforms. So if you're a podcast listener with a platform of choice, you can look for Talk Description to Me. Um, we always post our episodes on Twitter. So our Twitter handle is Talk Description. And our website, appropriately, is titled TalkDescriptionToMe.com. And the word on the street is that you'll also be heard very soon on AMI Audio. What's going on there? very exciting. So we'll be uh, broadcast, the podcast will be broadcast uh, starting on October 2nd at 8.30pm on Friday evenings. Very exciting. That is very exciting. And given that I um, I'm pretty much at home during a pandemic. Um, I'm not going out on a Friday night, so <laughs> I'll definitely be tuned. <laughs> Christine and JJ, the time has flown by. Thank you so much for being on the program. Thank you. Uh, that was a great discussion. That was Christine Malik and JJ Hunt, the co-creators of the podcast Talk Description to Me, which is available on your favorite podcast platforms and which you should be able to listen to fairly soon on AMI Audio starting October 2nd at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. If you missed my conversation or you'd like to get caught up on it, you can visit our show or find our show on any of your favorite podcast platforms. So much to say on this and so little time. I think it's a wonderful idea. I've been congenitally blind all my life and I have been obsessed with visual content, details. You know, I'm the kind of person who'll ask my husband when we're on the street, tell me what everyone's wearing. Tell me about the sidewalk. Can you see the chewing gum on the sidewalk? So it's a really novel idea. And I think it really feeds into this notion that to fully grasp current affairs, to fully grasp the news, to feel the weight of it, as someone who's blind or partially sighted, you really do need superb description. So it was a real pleasure to have them both on the program. You can always head on over to ami.ca forward slash on the pulse. I'll have a few more remarks there. I'd like to thank Christine and JJ for being our guests today. Daniel Panabondo has been our technical producer for today. Stepping in for Nisreen Abdul-Majid. Andy Frank is the manager for AMI Audio. And Paula Deneen is our technical supervisor. Thanks a lot for listening and have a wonderful rest of your day. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.